and then people hear me. Yes. yes. Sure. All right, are we all in? Yep. Yep. Perfect. If Peter walked on water, think I'll be fine. Never got a stress cause he's my lifeline. Can't hide the light he gave me so I still shine. He asked me if I love him as a third time. If Peter walked on water, think I'll be fine. Never got a stress cause he's my lifeline. Can't hide the light he gave me so I still shine. He asked me Welcome to the well. You already know what we do here. We listen to stories, we talk, we laugh, we cry, and we get deep. But most importantly, we have the best audience of all time. That is right. And in case our wonderful audience forgot who we are, I'm Alicia, and you already heard Daniel, so all that's left is our incredibly talented producer, Josh Matthew. What's good, family? Now, today we really have no words to describe the man you're about to hear from. He's a theater enthusiast, a singer, a pianist. He's probably the most charismatic person you will ever hear talking about the gospel. And as of the last few weeks, he's a TikTok evangelist megastar. Over 300,000 people have seen this TikTok where he describes his parents' reaction uh, to his conversion from Hinduism to Christianity. And today we have Nagan to share his testimony, his struggles, and his savior. We hope you're ready, because we already know this one's going to have a lot of bars dropped. <laughs> Welcome, Naga. Uh, so to start, can you introduce yourself, just where you're from? Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on this show. Also, that was one heck of a introduction, <laughs> Daniel. Wow, did not expect that. <laughs> Super cool, super cool. Um, yeah, guys, my name is Naga. I'm from Vancouver, Washington. It's like near Portland. A lot of times when I tell people I'm from Vancouver, they think Canada, but I'm not that cool. Okay. <laughs> from, I'm from this, you know, 2.0 uh, from Portland, Oregon, pretty much. And you know, I graduated from UW, University of Washington, with a marketing degree. And most of my life, I've just been big theater enthusiast like Daniel was saying I've been in musicals and like I've been singing throughout my entire life and it was a way that God found me mm-hmm. and um, most of my life has just been like it's just crazy to be on this podcast because like this is a testimonial podcast and I'm so grateful to share like my love of Jesus um, through this moment with the, all of you guys so thank you guys so much for having me for sure we're super excited yeah. to have you yeah so from what uh, you've told us and what we've seen, we know you're pretty much elite at everything. <laughs> so in terms of what you're talking about, musical theater and writing music, how did you get into these? And like, how are you still involved in them, would you say? Yeah, man, it was like back in seventh grade when my mom and my dad were like, hey, we can't have you here staying over, you know, staying in the house all day, playing video games during the summer. You're going to go out with your little sister to go do something. And they were like, you want to go play soccer? I'm like, nah, soccer, that's a lot of running. Can't do that. <laughs> and then fine, I was like, you want to go do arts and crafts? I'm like, nah, I can't do that, you know? And then they were like, fine, we're going to just put you somewhere. And they put me in this, uh, they put me in this kind of like community theater, right? Evergreen Community Theater. 
And I didn't know what theater was at the time, but I was like, okay, fine, sure, let's just do it, whatever happens. We go, and it's like a little audition for any junior. You guys have ever heard of that? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, like that whole song. Me um, <laughs> my sister auditioned, and like we got casted. So it was like, yeah, you know, we got casted in the summer little production. I got my first role ever was the pizza boy, right? Nice. Pretty big deal. Got one line. I was like, hey, here's your pizza, right? <laughs> and I stayed on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, like, okay, it's good. <laughs> they were sitting in the audience, like, oh my gosh, you know, he's a superstar. I'm like, he did it. So super- <laughs> yeah, he made it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so that's how I first got my theater start. And it wasn't until like ninth grade, my freshman year, where I was like, whoa, this might be the thing. Because uh, ninth grade, me and my best friend, um, we basically were playing football at the time and we joined this theater class. And, you know, we started, you know, it was like it was for fun because we needed an elective. But then when we started getting into it, we got really competitive and we really loved it. We were like, you know, Troy Bolton from High School Musical, right? Like that was our thing, <laughs> doing sports <laughs> and theater. And we had like this whole thing, like in the uh, springtime when I had to like make a decision between track and theater, I was just like, dang, what do I do, coach? You know, I just like, the whole <laughs> And uh, ultimately, like God kind of made the decision, which was, it happened because I, I kind of injured my leg in the middle of the season, like just kind of like training. Right. Mm. And I was like, oh, I can't even do, I can't run anymore. So I guess I, I have to do theater. So I kind of was placed into that. And so for the next four years, I was just uh, doing theater doing musicals and um, you know, got casted for leads and different things. And it was just like a way for me to, you know, when you're on stage or something for me, it just always like a, a form of confidence it was a confidence booster yeah. and you know it wasn't something that I never like I never imagined myself doing but like you know like God gave a, you know put a talent in me and he revealed that through putting me in situations of pressure right and that was like kind of one of those things that really saved my life because before I used to do band mm. and that's a completely different <laughs> vibe than being on stage and singing and doing all that stuff mm-hmm. so you know ultimately like um, I went to college after that and I did some choir stuff, right? Acapella groups, these different things, because like that was kind of like I, uh, where my talents were headed. And mm-hmm. I've still just been continuously creating music, like I think Josh was saying. I think Josh or Daniel, you guys were saying that. And uh, it's just been like more worship based music now. Like before, I used to do Broadway and these little things, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, like I just kind of fell in love because, like, in the sense of worship music has this beautiful way of connecting your soul to God's like that's the thing about music specifically it's not just for your ears to listen to it's for your soul to listen to and it's just one of those weird things even in science you guys like they're like why do people like music like why it just doesn't make any sense right but it's because like ultimately like it's a spiritual thing that all humans like absolutely love music and so Yeah, never really thought I'd be like a singer because guys, growing up, I was scared to sing in public. Like to this day, I have never done a talent show ever because I was too scared to sing by myself. Like my worst, like my scariest performance of all time, it came in my senior year. And this was with my like first love, right? Mm. And we were gonna do like this little duet together. You know the Lava song from that one movie? It's like a little short, right? I Lava You. And it was the first time for me playing the ukulele and we got on stage and both of us, like I, I was dating this girl for a month. Right. Mm. And um, 
and we started singing like I was playing the ukulele and like we just started uh, on on stage and I was like strumming and I was just getting the first verse which I start and right when I'm getting to the first verse I just forget I blank my mind goes blank and I'm like no uh, sorry, I, I got to try this again, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I play this, I play the ukulele one more time. And then right when I'm getting the first verse, I forget. Oh. And I do this two, three times throughout the entire <laughs> performance. Oh, no. And to this day, it's been the worst performance of my life. And there was like <laughs> 300 people in the crowd. <laughs> and then <and> my <laughs> parents were there, my parents were there. Like it was traumatizing to say the least. But it was one of those things that I'm so grateful for because I can't go lower than that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> for every performance. You can only from there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nothing lower than that. Exactly. Dude. <laughs> well, I hope that's it's, not on video. Or I hope it is on video, really. <laughs> oh, it I was on it. video. Oh, it, man. <laughs> traumatizing, guys. I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> it's one of those things that just keeps you up at night sometimes. Mm. I understand. <laughs> Not <me. laughs> yeah, dude. For a whole week, I was just like, "Why did that happen? Why did that happen?" But it blessed me so much because, like, every single time, like, there was a bigger audience, or like, you know, just another time I had to be on stage. I remind myself, "Wait a minute!" Like, <laughs> it's it's not gonna get worse than that. <laughs> and it really gives me like kind of like a floor to jump from. Right. <laughs> so it, it's a good thing that it happened, but unfortunate and traumatizing. <laughs> for sure so can you talk about i guess blowing up on tiktok recently what has that been like <laughs> yeah man that was it was so fascinating because like for the last i've been trying to post tiktok since last december mm. right mm. and i've just been like staying consistent because i knew like consistency is where success is built right if you consider like will smith says you know like mm. you just place the brick like a per a brick perfectly in a place and you start doing that every single day you're going to start building a house right mm. and so i was just like okay let's just do consistency but for the last four months dude i was just not doing like i was just not getting the views right i just didn't mm. understand why like i'm preaching the gospel like you know i'm spreading god's word but yet it's not resonating with people right and uh my last tiktok was like five views people didn't even watch it and i was like dang it this sucks right and it was the day um it was that trend was going on where you kind of create inspirational quotes and you make it into uh well you you take things that people say about you and make it into inspirational quotes and so i was thinking like okay you know that's a good trend to do right maybe i can take like pa funny pastor one-liners and then turn that into a quote, right because i thought it was funny but then you know, I just really felt like God saying, no, 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 wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait one minute. I'm like, God, no, come on. Can we just do this now? You know, like, what if I miss the train? Like, what if I miss the wave? You know, <laughs> I get, you know like, that's what I'm thinking. But God was like, no, 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 wait, wait, I've got something, right? Just wait. And so finally, I was like, fine, I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. And I just kind of like meditate. I just prayed for a second. And then God just kind of put that message into my head. It was just like, what about that time about what, what your parents said about you? Right, what about that? And I was just like, wait, what about that? Like, you know, me and my parents are good now. So like, why do you want me to say what they said back then? Yeah. Right. And my thoughts were like, isn't that mean to say that? Like saying all those things that they said about me, isn't that just mean to like disrespecting them? Mm -hmm. Like, I was, no, I need you to do that. Like, do it. I was like, uh, okay, fine. You know, like, sure, sure. Let's do it. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's just do it. So I posted and like, it was a lot of anxiety leading up before like the miracle happened. There was a lot of anxiety 
beforehand. Like that, I think that's a, a thing that not a lot of people understand. It's like before your greatest breakthrough or your miracle, you are going to face your greatest opposition. And to me, that was anxiety. Like I was like, is this even going to work? Am I just going to look stupid? Am I just going to disrespect people? Like these thoughts, right? Am I, am I, am I? And like, God was like, just do it, you know, bless. And then he blessed it. And bro, like that thing blew up. It was crazy. For sure. I saw like, for the first time I pulled up uh, TikTok and those notifications, it says like 99 plus. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Crazy. And um, it was just so supportive. Like, it was amazing because when you're looking through the comments, everybody was just spouting out love. Like, thank you. You know, like you made the best decision. Like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like, it's it's so beautiful that you gave your life to Jesus and all this thing, all these things. And um and you know what the, the thing the entire time I, I kept thinking was like, oh, is that something like, why are they feeling sorry for me? You know, like, I, I don't know, like part of me just kept thinking like my life, like is, is much better than that. But, you know, it's just like your own pride gets a little bit hurt. And I, God was telling me like, dude, it's okay. Like it's going to help people. Right? <laughs> and so that was just a big blessing on the side. Um, but it was amazing. Dude. The reactions were great. Uh, people like started like other Indian Christians that are in, living in Hindu families, right? They started reaching out to me well, and like, seriously, it's such a huge blessing because like the very thing that God, like, you know, the very trial that God put me through was the very trial that he blessed, right? He used that for his greatness. And I didn't expect like during that moment when I was going through that pain and going through that struggle of talking to my parents and like <laughs> feeling hurt and that shame, right? Um, God blessed it more than I could have ever imagined. Like that's the God that we serve. He uses our valleys, like our lowest moments to bless someone else's life. Absolutely. Like if we, yeah. Like if we look at life of David, right. David was literally a King, right. It's, we don't look at, but he also went to a cave, right. Before he was a King, David was anointed King of all of Israel. He was also placed into a cave and where he had zero people where Saul was chasing him and was trying to kill him. And he was scared. Right. But it was in that moment where in darkness, in that cave, that God blessed him with 400 men. And then that it showed like the redemption of God. Right. He took David from that cave and he put him on a throne. Like that's the beautiful nature of our the God that we serve. He uses our lowest points to tell the story to bless somebody else's life. So that's why like this podcast right here, like your testimony podcast is so huge because we are not perfect as Christians. Dude, mm. We might look perfect on the outside, but there, God did a lot of cleaning on the inside, right? He had to clean past regrets and past shames and past sins before he could even, you know, form us into who we are today. And so testimonies are so important to showcase the beauty of who God is. Right. Definitely. Right? Definitely. Mm. Wow. I think you already started preaching, but <laughs> as a as a final little icebreaker uh, before we get into the deep stuff, um, among the twelve disciples, who do you relate to the most? Hmm. Have you guys seen the show The Chosen? Yes, we just watched the first episode Love of it. season two today. Love it. Yeah, yeah, same. same. <laughs> So cool, guys. Yes. Um, yeah. So, guys, my favorite disciple in all the 12 has to be Matthew. Okay. Oh, my gosh. The least favorite character is the most, like, uh, my most favorite, just because, like, I relate to Matthew so deeply in some level. Like, you guys remember the scene where, you know, he was like, you know, he grabbed all, like, the food, like, to go to Shabbat dinner, right? And then, right when he was about to enter, he saw, like, his family's already there. And then he was like, I'm not welcome here. And he just walks away, mm. right? With his dog. And he just sits on the side of the road, just eating with his dog. I was like, oh my gosh, dude. Like, 
that is so beautiful. Like that just like connected with me deeply because like it was almost like you were rejected from the inside group, right? You're never like a part of the inside or like, yeah. Uh, and that really like that's kind of been like how high school and middle school and elementary, like most of my life has been like, I've never been the insider. I've always been an outsider. And so when Jesus was doing the miracle of hearing, of uh, healing the paralytic from, you know, when the ceiling came down and everybody was surrounding uh, Peter's house, like mm-hmm. everybody like kicked him and pushed him and spit on him. But those children, right. The younger kids were like, Hey, Matthew, you know, come up here. We'll hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Like that was to me, it was just like, that's so beautiful. Like, I love that. I love Matthew so much just because, like, he was an outsider and God chooses the outsiders. And so mm-hmm. that's my That's a good answer. That's a good that's answer. <laughs> what about you guys? I would definitely say Matthew as well. I I feel like I can relate a lot to just the anxiety he feels in, like, social situations too. But, yeah, he's, he's a great character. How about you, Daniel? Uh, I feel like in my gut I want to say Thomas. Um mm-hmm. Not necessarily yeah. chosen related, but, but just in the instrument <laughs> itself, I feel like I I relate to a lot of his instincts of like, I don't know, the doubting Thomas stereotype mm-hmm. kind of thing, um, of wanting proof and stuff like that. Uh, and so I've always related in that sense and found encouragement in the same way um, that if like Thomas can can see this kind of thing and see through it, then yeah. And it was beautiful because there was that one line that Jesus said, like, it's okay to question. Like, I encourage it. Mm-hmm. When he first met Thomas, I was like, wow. How about you, Josh? Uh, I think I can kind of relate the most to Peter, just because a lot of times I feel like I can have a, a short fuse and have trouble controlling my emotions. But that also leads to me experiencing these times where I, I, I feel like I'm super close to God, and there are others where I feel the opposite in a similar way that you kind of explained. Mm-hmm. it's just like emotions felt to the extreme almost I feel like that's kind of what defines Peter and I also feel like sometimes I struggle to put my faith fully in God and end up folding like Peter did when he denied God and when mm-hmm. he started walking on water and just like fell in because I feel like when the pressure's on sometimes you know I feel alone and I have trouble finding finding my faith which is, I think, something that Peter struggled with a little bit too. Yeah, and that, that's when you like start to sink in the water. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. But if Peter walked on water, I think I'll be fine. Oh my gosh, well, this, this is the inspiration. Nice. <laughs> well, as our listeners know by now, we believe that the best way to share the gospel is to share what God has done and is doing in our lives. So Naga, we'd love to hear your story. Uh, and to start, can you describe a little bit about your family and your upbringing. Uh, we've touched on it a little bit, but can you go further in? Yeah, so growing up, uh, I came from India, right? I was born in India and my dad immigrated here first. And so my mom and I, while we were in India for like a year, we basically kind of lived together in my mother's house and we kind of moved here by ourselves to the East Coast. And then eventually my dad got a job in Portland and we moved over to the Portland. And most of my life has been kind of an outsider because when I was living in with my parents, right, we always spoke Telugu because I'm from the Andhra Pradesh area, mm-hmm. so South India. India. Mm-hmm. And we spoke Telugu there And uh, when I was in the house. But when I was at school, I had to speak English. But my English wasn't the best in the world. So I was still trying to figure out what words to say, and I was always stuttering in, in elementary school. 
in, ele in elementary school. And um, it was just very difficult for me growing up. And like, especially in elementary school when I just had like one best friend, right? So like when I was telling you, like I felt like an outsider, like I really felt like an outsider. <laughs> and um, like after school, like I used to do track and things like that. But most of my life has always been kind of like a, a loner because, you know, my, my parents were always working. So it was just me by myself. And like, it was, it was when I was by myself, like, I kind of met, like, I, I made a TikTok on this, but it's like, I met the devil at a young age. And this was very important because it was a very defining moment that would determine my middle school, my high school, and ultimately, like, how Jesus saved my life, because he uses our darkest moments for, to showcase his light. Mm -hmm. And, like, I met the enemy at a very young age through uh, a TV show, right? Like, my parents were just watching a TV show, and there was a sex scene on there. And I was like, whoa, you know, like as a young kid, you're like, what is that? So it sparked a curiosity. Mm -hmm. And because of that curiosity spark, it kind of led me down, you know, to the rabbit hole of, you know, lust and sin. And um, ultimately, every it kind of like, it hurt the, my perspective of a relationship. Because for so long in my life growing up, um, I was just kind of, you know, trying to make friends growing up. And like every single time I made a friend, uh, what is it called? I, I don't know. I just never felt like I fit in. And it was oftentimes when I didn't feel like I fit in, I ran to porn. And that was where I felt like, okay, you know, like I found some sort of comfort, yeah. right? And um, it was in high school where I pretty much understood like this wasn't good for me. Like this, I'm not going to have like a very successful life if I keep doing this. And so I tried quitting and it just didn't work at a, at a young age. When you feel rejection from other people, you find comfort in the wrong things. And so that was been my life since like elementary school, just trying to overcome this sort of addiction that it almost became. Yeah. Was there something that I guess like made you aware that it was becoming a problem or that you, that was that it wasn't helpful to you? Yeah. It was actually really interesting because every single time, like I watched it or I did it, mm -hmm. um, the next day, something bad would happen. I don't know if I'm superstitious. <laughs> I, I felt like God was disciplining. Like, it was in those moments that, uh, yeah, so, like, I, I felt like that happened every single time. Guys, it happened literally every single time. So I thought, okay, maybe I can do something different, right? Maybe, like, uh, and so, like, the way I tried gaming the system, I was just like, oh, you know, like, if this is happening so much, like, maybe I can, you know, quit for a few days and then get what I want. And then I can get back to, you know, my normal ways. But I didn't really recognize the beauty of God until like fifth grade, you guys. Like ultimately in fifth grade, like I was just, I was taking this Excel test. This was pretty much a test where it determines if you get into the smart kid class, right? And in that smart kid class was like every single Indian. And for the last two years, like I was failing, like year after year, third grade, I took the test. And my dad calls me into his office and he says, dude, your scores are so low. You're going to summer school. And then fourth grade rolls around and then it says the same exact thing, right? Your scores are so low. You're going to summer school. Fifth grade, finally, the week before the test, I just prayed. I looked up to the sky and I was like, I don't even know if God existed at that point. I was just like, light, God, can you just please do a miracle? Like, I will give you the... I don't know. I'll give you my RuneScape account. And if you get this, this test, yo, it's deep because RuneScape, 
I was a member, all right? I was a premier <laughs> member. I was oh paying, spent hours on it. And so it was a very valuable thing, but I wanted to do it to make my dad proud, right? So I sacrificed mm -hmm. it. And I took the test and a few months later, my dad calls me to his office. And when we got into his office, my dad looks at the score and he looks up and he's just jumping. He's so excited. He's jumping oh. up. And like, you did it, you did it. And I'm like, I didn't? Then I ran so fast to my room, pulled up the computer. I'm like, do I have my RuneScape account? <laughs> no priorities, you guys. I pull it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have my RuneScape account still. This is great. This is an amazing deal, right? Scott is so good. I get to keep my RuneScape and I get to pass. And then a month passes and not, yeah, a, a month passes and my RuneScape account gets hacked. Oh, and I never see no. it again. No. Yeah. And that was when I figured out like, wait a minute, God is real. Like oh, there is something gosh. greater in this world. And mm. It was it was deep, man. It was my first miracle that has ever I've ever experienced, and so that's when I understood like being a good boy, right? Kind of being self controlled in these uh, situations, you know, God will bless you. And I don't know, there's just some lessons that like I wish my parents taught me growing up, but like God taught me a little bit later on. You know, like God's always teaching. You just got to be listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we're at. I guess about fifth grade, um, maybe starting middle school when this kind of thing happens. What happens after that? Or when do you start to see God as like a theme or show up again? Yeah, so uh, it was it was fifth grade where this miracle happened, but I didn't really get close to God. Like I always thought, you know, like, oh, you know, Jesus is cool, right? I had some friends who believed they were Christian, right? But a lot of the people that I was around, they weren't really Christian. And um, they or they didn't expressively show it because we're all little kids. We're all trying to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until uh, it wasn't until freshman year of high school where I was in that theater class and I met a beautiful girl. And that was when I was just like, you know what? I want to talk to this girl. Right. But I don't know what to say. And I was the very shy kid. So I was like, OK, it's time to do some research. Right. Maybe we have something in common. So I pull up Facebook and I go through all of her likes of and I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got to do your research always. <laughs> and I saw that she likes the Bible. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe I like the Bible too. So I <laughs> reading the Bible and I, you know, I, I flipped to like weird sections. I was like, I, I flipped to Psalms. I remember that. And I just started reading about God and his like glory and things like that. And I was just like, where's the whole Jesus part? Because I didn't know the Bible is so big. So I was like, I don't know where Jesus is in all of this. Because right. <laughs> I was still like a little kid, no direction at all, you know, never went to church or anything. So uh, so I go and talk to her. I never actually, and so I never actually bring up the Bible or anything that to her. I was just trying to, you know, just be like a, just try to. You know, be cool because that's what yeah. you want to be in high school, right? You know, put your, you know, football jersey on and be like, hey, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. And um, ultimately, that's how I was introduced to the Bible. But it was it was sophomore year. It was the summer of sophomore year. This was when I got, you know, my leg injury. I was just coming off of a cast and, you know, I was just got up through a breakup. Right. And I was just like, God, will you please send me someone? I'm so lonely. Like, God, I need someone to change my life. Because growing up, I always thought like a girl would come in to change my life, right? Because that's my mentality, right? It's like, oh, I'll give up everything if I just, you know, meet the right girl. Because that's mm -hmm. what movies and everything will tell you. <laughs> and God was like, okay, you know, I will send you someone, right? But 
I didn't get a response from God until like three months later. It was the first day of school when I walked into class and I saw this beautiful girl, another one. And I was just like, whoa, she's so pretty. And then I look right next to her and the seat was empty. And I was like, oh, oh, it's time. (laughs) That's a sign. That's a sign. So I run over to the seat, you know, casually, speed walk, speed walk, of course. And I secure the seat because, you know, I got to secure the seat first before (laughs) they have seating. Got to watch out, you know, these teachers are tricky. And so and we just started talking and she was so cool. We were hitting it off. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. She's so awesome. And we're, it's perfect. Like God gave me a gift. And then she goes like, oh yeah, I just moved here this summer from New York City. And I was like, wait, so you just moved here from New York City and I prayed for a girl. <laughs> These things just connect, right? Yep. <laughs> and so then she was like, oh yeah, do you want to, you want to come to like youth group with me? Well, <laughs> Ask me out on the date? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's how, like, where my mind was headed. I was like, yeah, let's go to youth group. Let's just do it. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so the day of youth group comes around. And uh, my boys, you know, they were like, hey, you want to go play some football? And I was like, nah, guys, got to go see about a girl, you know? <laughs> got to go on a date. And uh, I go over to the youth group. And I go inside and, dude, there were so many people filling the lobby, all of them young kids. I was like, whoa, it feels like I'm in high school again. Like, I don't know any of these people. And then she finally finds me. Uh, she finds me. And she's like, hey, you know, you made it. I'm like, yeah, I made it. Thanks. You know, like, uh, and so then she was like, okay, so service is just about to start. And so I was like, oh, okay, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> so we're walking into the auditorium. And, you know, this is a non-denominational church, right? So that's where I went. And so if you go to a non-denominational church, it's pretty much like a concert, mm-hmm. right? You got the big stage, you got all these crazy lights going. <laughs> and uh, we go to the front, like the front area. And I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, this is fun. And the pastor gets on stage. He does his whole thing. And dude, like my life was changed after that moment because the minute like um, the worship team got on stage and the pastor got on stage, it like opened up my mind to like who Jesus and like, yeah, who Jesus was. Because like when the worship team was singing, like I love singing just in general, cause like I love choir and things like that. So like, I loved singing these songs and they were good, right? They weren't just like straight up, you know, cap, you know, just a straight up gospel songs, right? They were just super fun songs to sing. But the pastor came on and really changed my mind. Like, because growing up, you know, I didn't have these like life lessons for people to taught me except for like TV shows and things like that. But when the pastor was speaking, like I, I learned so much about like what it means to be a person of love, what it means to be a person of character. And like, that was when like Jesus was just speaking to me. And ultimately, like, it wasn't a date, you know, she was just pretty much trying to convert me. I was like, Oh, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it worked. But you know, that was tricky. <laughs> like I found out later that the pastor was her, uh, what it's called brother in law. Yeah. I was gonna ask, was it anything specific that the pastor said that struck with you or just kind of the whole atmosphere of being mm-hmm. there? It was definitely the atmosphere. I mm-hmm. would say the singing was the one that really got me. Okay. Um because the music it just really connects. I just love singing. I just fell in love with the aspect of just singing and um all these people like it felt like a choir and to me i was just like yeah it's right like this is right it's just fun you know (laughs) and uh, after that like for a lot of like uh sometimes like when it comes to youth groups like i actually went by myself a lot of the times like most of the times i go to church guys i I always go alone like Mm. 
my friends don't usually go to church. And when I do invite them, there's probably just one person like, mm-hmm. but most of my life, I've always gone to church alone. And it's kind of scary for people to go alone. But like, you know, like I go for the message, I go for God. And so it's like, it's not that scary anymore. But for a long time, I was like, Oh, it'd be so nice to go with someone. But you know, I'm so blessed, you know, like, you know, Jesus is there. Like, that's who we're going for. Like, that's the message is, you know, Sick. the message is for Jesus. It's from Jesus. And so, yeah, I like, <laughs> when I was like, um, going to get baptized, it was kind of interesting because, you know, like, you know how at the end of every service, the pastor's like, Hey, uh, if you guys want to give your, you know, everybody bow your heads. If you guys want to give your life to Christ right now, you know, put your hand up. I was always terrified. I was so scared because I'm just like, I don't want this attention because the pastor will literally put a spotlight on you and be like, that kid right there, send him to the front. You know, he just goes crazy. <laughs> At least my pastors did. I was like, oh, I'm so nervous. But like, eventually, like, I was like, you know what? This is the right time. I was scared. But like, I went up to the altar, you know, I got baptized. Cool. One of those like amazing moments in my life that, you know, I thought like, you know, oh, my, you know, addictions and everything is going to break. But you know, like the minute, you know, you get the Holy Spirit is the minute that the enemy sends you into the, God sends you into the desert. Right. Mm. And that's, you know, the real journey begins. Cause like the journey with Jesus isn't easy. It's not easy. Everybody thinks it's like some, I don't know. Everybody thinks like, Oh, look how perfect these people are. But it's like, no, they went through a lot of hell before they got to heaven. Mm-hmm. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Did your parents know you were going at the time? No, not really. My parents didn't know. Just because, like, we didn't really tell them. I, I didn't really tell them. I just went, like, after school to go hang out with my friends, right? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. That was it. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, to be honest, like, I didn't think, like, it was a big deal to go to church or anything like that. And I didn't think they cared either. I think they liked the fact that, you know, I was making friends. I was going out. And I was just, like, you know, having fun. I think they liked that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really know that I was going to convert or anything like that. And that's what really shocked them. Once I told them, like, hey, I'm a Christian. They were like, what? When? You know, like, how long ago was this? Like, why didn't you tell us? This is a big decision. Like, why didn't you do it? So that was the sort of thing. Yeah, I was going to ask, what did that conversation go like? Or when did it happen? Yeah, so that conversation happened in like three days before New Year's, like this year. So, So it was December 29th of 2020. So a couple days before the new year, I pretty much started a fast, right? I just felt like God was telling me to do this fast. So I was like, fine, I'll do this fast. I don't even know if I'm going to survive. You know, I don't know how I'm going to live. Is that possible? And, so it was like uh, a total fast, like no food. No food. No, like oh, no wow. food whatsoever, bro. Like, oh, wow. Dang, that's I did like a, it was like a, it was like a milk and a water fast at the same time. Oof. Right. Wow. So it was, it was it was one of the most like spiritual moments like if you guys haven't done a fast yet like i encourage like you know when god speaks to you and tells you to do a fast do it take that leap of faith and just do it because like you are going to connect to god in such a beautiful way because he's going to put you through trials that you don't think that you're going to get through but when you do get through you're like wow i have more strength than i ever realized like god put more things in me than i even realized mm-hmm. and um and so <laughs> And so it was like three days into this fast, right? I was just exhausted because you're going to be exhausted in the fast. <laughs> yeah. My, my yeah. parents sit me down. I was avoiding them for the last three days because I didn't want to eat with them or uh, anything because I didn't want them to know, right? They sit me down and they're like, hey, why aren't you uh, eating? And I was like, um, 
trying to avoid the question, kind of looking away. And then uh, I was just like, look, I'm doing a fast. And they're like, a fast for what? I was like, for God, I'm doing a fast for God. And the first thing that come out of their mouth was, are you, are you a terrorist? Are you doing this in the name of God, like destroying your body in the name of God? Like, do you join like wow. Al-Qaeda? Or something? <laughs> oh my Crazy like this. I'm like, what? No, like I'm not. Like this is just what every Christian does at some point. And then they were like, dude, we didn't raise you like this. What is this? Like, when did you convert? Like, how did you even think about this? And I was just like, I just felt like God telling me. And it was like, oh, did God tell, if God told you to jump off a bridge, would you go do it? Like, would you, you know, <laughs> like you're just acting like a crazy terrorist right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not that. And um, the conversation just went from that to uh, like, dude, like, why did we even come to America? Like, we made all these sacrifices for you and this is what you do for us? Well, like, what's the point? Like, I have no hope anymore. Like, it, w- it was better if we stayed in India. Maybe you would have still been a part of us. And um, you're just yeah. gone onto a new branch, a new route. I don't even know who you are. Like, you're not, a, you're not my family anymore. You know, like my mom said that. And I was like, wow, you know, that's harsh. Like, when your own mother said really that, yeah. like, that's heartbreaking, you know? And um, how'd you process that? Or even like, how'd you take it in the moment? It sounds really tough started raging bro. i did the most unchristian things i just knew like i wanted to get up and i wanted to leave so many times like in that conversation mm-hmm. i was like i just wanted to run away but like you know like it's a like me and god we went through so much together for like 2020 was that year where you know some people lost their jobs some people you know got new jobs some people got rich And some people got really close to God and endured a lot of things. And that was 2020 was that year for me. Like I endured Mm -hmm. a lot of like temptation, like going through deserts, going through storms and really relying on the spirit of God to get me through those things. Mm -hmm. And um, once you like, once you've gone through the fire through like (laughs) conquering yourself, dude, everything on the outside, like with God, it's possible because you know where to run to, you know, the well to drink from. When you get thirsty, you you know where to run. And so I just knew like in that moment, like God was telling me, you know, sit, sit and stay, endure. Because our God is a God who wants us to endure. Because in, back in Genesis, you know, once like Noah got off the boat and uh, God was like, as long as, you know, the earth endures, you know, it's going to have its seasons, it's going to have its blessings, it's still going to have its fruit. And I imagine us being the earth, right? As long as we endure the fires, as long as we stay where God has placed us, He's going to, you know, make us prosperous, influential, build us and protect us. Like that's his, that's his ultimate desire for us just to stay in the fire because he can't form us into what he wants us to be. If we don't stay where we're at, sometimes when we go through fire, we just run, we run to comfort of, of earthly things. Right. Right. But God is like, no, 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 run to me because I can get you through the fire. And guys, every single time I faced any type of fire, I always sang another in the fire, you know, Hillsong song. That was my battle cry guys like when you're going through battles in your life like temptations or anything you have to have your you know armor of god placed right you have to have your battle cry and like worship is your battle cry you're going to connect to god when you sing so that's been like my protector Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm curious what is your relationship with your parents now today yeah so right now today is it's pretty good like 
it's kind of difficult because like whenever I go to church on Sundays and things like that, mm-hmm. like my mom and um, I, I don't like telling them. I just don't like, you know, you don't want to tell people because it's going to hurt them. Yeah. And a lot of times like that's what I, that's why I just kind of like get up early in the mornings and I just kind of go. And then I found out like, they just want me to be honest. They just want me to be safe wherever I'm at. Like it still hurts them that I go to church. It still hurts them. Like, you know, like I still serve and volunteer and these things, but ultimately like, I don't like ultimately like, um, my parents are just kind of like try to forget, you know, they try to like mm-hmm. forget the whole thing by like watching TV shows and movies, just like not even try to think about the aspect of, you know, me being a Christian whatsoever. Yeah. Because like, you know, we live in like a kind of an Indian community where everybody here is Hindu, right? Like back home in India, everybody there is Hindu and we're, our caste is like the Brahmins, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, kind of like, I think the India is the top caste. And so okay. she, she like once like that conversation with my parents happened where I just told them that I was Christian, they were just yelling. Like my mom even said, like, I'm even scared to go back to India because if your grandparents found out that you're a Christian, like they wouldn't even talk to me. Wow. So wow. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. that being a Christian would have this many repercussions. Mm-hmm. And so like right now, like, you know, it's peaceful. Like my dad, my dad is like you know, my mom is a really religious woman. My dad just wants to protect her, you know, emotions in her heart. And so whenever like she gets hurt, like he starts to protect and, you know, yell at me and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep, a, you know, I try to not have conversations with them about like Jesus or like any of the, uh, you know, like God is going to do it at these things just yeah. because like, <laughs> you know, how can you have, like, it's just going to hurt them. They're just, it's just going to be an argument. And it was incredibly difficult like i just wanted to bring up this one point because when um when i was having that conversation with my dad my dad was pretty much saying like what do you what is the benefit of this didn't the bible tell you to respect your parents right <laughs> right <laughs> so why aren't you doing like that contradiction and i was like and i was stuck too i couldn't speak in that moment because i didn't know what to say Mm-hmm. I don't know what you could possibly say to that. I was like, yes, the Bible does say like in, in lo- the law of Moses, right? It's like respect your parents. You know, you must always take care and um, listen to them. Even like Jesus, listen to Mary, right? All the time. And so I just didn't know what to do. And I kept praying to God. I was like, Jesus, please, please, will you tell me what to do? And like, I just kept hearing like, follow the Lord your God, you know, follow my will, follow the command. So I was like, fine, I'll, I'll follow what he says. And um, just a couple months later, one of my friends they messaged me and they gave me like the perfect verse to like, like the answer to my prayers. Like, what do I do? Do I choose God or do I choose my parents? Right. Even though the Bible says to respect your parents or, and listen to your uh, God. Right. I got a message from TikTok to some other uh, person was struggling with that same contradiction. And they were like, what did you do? Like, how did you deal with this? Like respecting your parents and loving God. And so the verse that my friend sent me about this, it's right here. Jesus said, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew ten thirty seven. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Like, yeah, it's it's really important to follow. Like, leave everything and follow Jesus. Like, if you look, remember that uh, scene with Nicodemus where he couldn't leave the life that he had, right? He had the riches, he had his family, but he and he, he couldn't leave that to follow Jesus. Right. Like, that was that kind of moment for me where I was like, am I going to leave everything for my parents and then i thought back to it i was just like 
dude, I can't do that to a guy who stayed with me through all my darkness. Like guys, when I was in college, like it was the darkest years of my life and, and God stayed with me through all those years. Right. Like my parents were good. Like, you know, I call them frequently, but God was there in the darkness. God always was there and he always blessed and he will always be there. Right. Even after like my parents passed or even after the feelings change, like God will always be there. And how am I going to ever like look Jesus in the face and say, Oh, Hey man, remember that one time I didn't listen to you. Like, no, no, I, I couldn't do that. You know, like, <laughs> It's like loyalty. Like God was loyal to me ever since then. And um, it's just loyalty to him. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, so despite it, I mean, I guess it's it sounds like it's a pretty taboo topic right now. Is it still something like you think about, like having that conversation in the future with them? About like kind of converting them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just talking about Jesus or your own faith? Um, you know, ultimately, probably not. I probably yeah. wouldn't talk to them about jesus and all those things i just pray i still pray like god will you know make a way because he always makes a way so like i pray like god will unharden their hearts because you know he can harden hearts and he can soften hearts and i believe like god will soften their hearts because he can do that because to guys like they love so deeply and it's crazy like my own like contradiction in my head is like if you're a good person and and if you're a good person you love so deeply but you don't believe in jesus like do you deserve to get into heaven? Just because like you still took care of people. You still like, we're the good Samaritan, right? You still get to get into heaven. Like that's always like, I always have questions. Like that's the thing about Jesus. Like the more you dive deep into the Bible, you're going to have more questions. And that's when you know that you're growing in faith because the more questions that you have, the more God can answer them. There's only one person who can answer the questions that are almost unanswerable in life. And that's Jesus. And so you'll get closer to him the more questions you have. So, um, I kind of want to go backwards a little bit to that moment when you're um, still being a follower of Hinduism. At that time, would you say you were a devout follower? Um, Did you understand everything that was going on while you were going to the temples and everything? (laughs) It was one of those things that you kind of get forced into. Mm -hmm. Like, personally, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, there was this like images of gods there. And we always like, dropped money and we took like prasadam, right? We took like little offerings and things like that. We ate them. And the whole process didn't make much sense to me. It was just like the place that our parents forced us to go, to go pray, to go worship. And um, it wasn't something that I was very interested in at all. Like mm-hmm. we just did it to respect our parents. Yeah, that was it. Like we just went and it just wasn't that big of a deal. But right. ultimately, like even now as a Christian, like, we go like our parents force us to go, but like it's out of respect now. I just go to respect them, their wishes. Mm-hmm. That's how our relationship, like my relationship with them as a Christian and them Hindu, like we just go and respect each other in all ways, right? Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Have you seen repercussions in terms of community outside of your family as well? Or has that been, if it's known at all? Um, right now, it's, it's kind of low key. It's just between mm-hmm. my family. My family in the Indian community, my only my family knows that I'm a Christian, right? Okay. But I think, ult- uh, and actually my little sister, but like she hasn't told my family. So that's actually a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of like, it's just between us. And my parents back, my, my family back in India don't know either. So it's just kind of like, we're going to keep it low key. Yeah. Low- yeah. Until the TikToks really blow up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Until like I become a pastor, and that's gonna change. Inevitably. Right. <laughs> right. 
yeah. So another question, uh, what were some challenges that you had um, at the time when converting from Hinduism to Christianity, just for people who might not know what Hinduism entails? Um, yeah. What were some of those issues that you were running into at that time? Um, like, so when it came to the differences between the two, mm-hmm. well, I wasn't really, there wasn't that many like kind of obstacles, I would say, because most of my life, you know, I spent at youth groups and I spent at, you know, churches more than I did at the temple. Mm. And okay. the, old, the biggest obstacle was years later when my parents were the ones that were saying, hey, you know, why did you do that? Right. That was like the biggest obstacle. But like there wasn't in that sense, like there wasn't that big of a change. It was just like instead of praying to like 50 different gods, like you just pray to the one who's almighty and all powerful and moves everything. Right. Well, I would say like the biggest change was like I didn't know who Jesus was. Like, I didn't understand the concept of father, you know, son of God and the Holy Spirit. Like, I never understood that. There were so many things that, you know, church kids, you know, people who grew up in as pastors, kids, they all understood things that I didn't get. And um, especially who Jesus was, like Carpenter, his story growing up. Like, if you don't read the Bible like that often, like, you just don't know. And so even then, I felt like an outsider. I had no idea who these three people were and how, like, each one could possibly be important, how they're all the same thing, right? Right. And it wasn't until like recently where I saw like a TikTok which explained like, you know, think about like the United States government, right? We have the Senate, we have the executive branch, we have the judicial branch, right? So it's like the the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) All one government, right? It's the same thing. So that's how you can best describe that phenomenon, Jesus and Father, super cool. Well, yeah, I know, I know you've said, I think in a, a TikTok live a few times that like 2020 has been just a crazy year in terms of your faith. Um, how so? So like I was saying, for the last like kind of since the age of seven, right, kind of uh, I was struggling with lust and um, throughout college, I was struggling with um, alcohol and weed, right? And also past shame because what happened was one of the biggest catalyst moments before we get to 2020, the biggest catalyst moment happened in 2016 where I broke up with my first love, right? Mm. We were dating for a while and she was awesome, but then I ended up finding out like she cheated, right? And when I figured that out, it broke something in me. It broke trust. It broke like just my soul, right? And it was in those moments, like that's like a defining moment. When you get your heart broken, which every single buddy in this world is going to get their heart broken, it's how you deal with it that will determine your future, right? Because what you run to is often going to be what you cling to in pain. And uh, when I was kind of like in college, right, um, I knew the best thing to do was to go work out, right? I was like, I was going to get workout. I was going to be like one of those, you know, transformation, right? You broke my heart. Now I'm like six foot five, 250 pounds, right? (laughs) That was my dream. And I was, I did that for the first three days after the breakup. I was like, oh, I'm working out. I'm so great. I'm so great. And then I just got tired. Like that pain never left, right? Even after the workout, that pain never left. It was still there, it was lingering, it was sharp. And so I was just, one day I come back home to my uh, dorm and I look at my roommate and he's like, no, he's just smoking weed in the dorm. And I was like, hey, can I try that? And so then I just started smoking and then I just started um, going to parties, just trying to mm-hmm. forget. Because every single time that pain came up, I didn't want to feel it. So I ran away from it. And I ran away from it, trying to suppress that emotion. I kept running. I kept running. And um, it, it led to really dark places, guys. Like, 
it, it led me to losing friends and hurting people. And then ultimately it led to the end of my life because in 2019 was the darkest year of my life. And that was where God found me and saved my life. See, because back in November of 2019, this was right before, you know, the end of the 2010s, right? And we were going to start a new decade of 2020. I was November when it was like, you know, the thing called No Nut November, right? That whole thing. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, like cancel all of my addictions. Like I'm going to be completely done with it. And so I did that. And I was like, I can do it, God. You know, just give me one more chance. I know I screwed up like 30 different times in my past, but just give me one more chance. And I, and I tried it. And then I failed within like the first three days. And that was when I knew like I couldn't do it. Like I suck that I'm going to die like this, knowing like I, I'm not able to do it. And I gave up on myself. But it was when I gave up on myself that Jesus came rushing in and says, I'm not giving up on you. Mm. Wow. That's a big thing. Like when you give, that's a thing. Like you got to let go. You got to give up and let God come in. And God came in because when I came home during Thanksgiving break, I, um, I was just so sad. I was depressed because I still thought like I suck. You know, I'm not going to get better. And then I picked up a book that I haven't picked up in a long time. And it wasn't the Bible. It was called Friend of Sinners by Rich Wilkerson Jr. I picked it up and I started reading. I started learning about who Jesus was again. Because when you're in darkness, you kind of forget the light. You forget who the light is, what the light is for. Right. And really just reminded me, like, God doesn't want your, you to be perfect in life. He doesn't want your perfection. He wants a relationship. And that blew my mind. I was like, you just want to be friends. That's it. Like, <laughs> what? like that's cool. Like we can be friends, you know, we can be bros. And uh, <laughs> that was, that opened my mind to like, this is a relationship. And so that means that literally means I have to learn how to break up. Does that make sense? Like I was in a yeah. toxic relationship with these three things, right? The unholy Trinity. I was in a toxic relationship. Hmm. So that means I have to break up with these, learn how to be single and go have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. And, and it made me really think, I was like, how do I, and, and once I started thinking about that, I was like, how do I have a relationship? Like, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? Because I don't know what a relationship is, right? I, I've only dated a girl for like 10 months and that was like years ago, right? So I was stuck in like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what a relationship is. And no one really teaches you that at a young age. So, you know, I had to like, Slowly, this book taught me how to have a relationship with Jesus, how to spend time with him and just kind of constantly learn. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to be patient. That's a big thing because when instant gratification is there, you need to learn how to have patience. And God really taught me how to have endurance in those seasons, in that season. And so for the first time in my life, I ended 2019 like as a victor, right? I had like this 27 day streak and it was crazy. It was awesome. And then January came around and then I, and then, and the enemy said, Hey, <laughs> Hey man, you remember me? what's new mm. right and so i went back and forth mm. and back and forth and it was just like a constant battle like if i were to summarize my life it's like a constant battle between sin and uh god because every single time i got better i fell down five steps right for i sure. took one four or five steps backwards and so i was stuck in a loop for a long time for three months for a good three months i was stuck in a loop in 2020 and it was march 23rd of 2020 when god came into the room and scared the crap out of me <sighs> this was the day when jesus like i was like it was march 23rd it was nine o'clock and i was just <laughs> just regret shame just depressed and i was scrolling through instagram and i was just going through the explore page for some reason i click on one of these posts and i saw it was one of those you know like 
those little, oh, you know, Jesus quotes. You know, this is what the Bible says. It's like a white piece of paper and some words on it. <laughs> and I click on it and I was reading about it. And it was just basically said, guys, we have to be very careful as Christians. Like God will save you. But like, if you keep going back into sin, God is okay with leaving you. Like God is okay with leaving you in sin. And, mm. and he's okay with it because that's where you want it to go. And that scared the absolute crap out of me. Like it scared me that God is okay with losing me. Cause I always thought of the loving Jesus, right? The one that says, Oh, I'll forgive you, bro. Whatever you do, you know, like here's your get out of free, you know, get out of hell card. Right. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. That, that was right. It's good. But you know, like it was a real wake up call to me because for the first time in my life, I, I just heard a voice of God that says last chance. Wow. This is last chance. That's it. That's it. And it scared the crap out of me because, dude, it's like, this is the love of my life. Like, this is the guy who stayed when everybody else left. Hmm. Like, he still blessed me when I didn't deserve it. Right? He still gave me positions, still gave me jobs. He still gave me, like, victories when I didn't deserve it. And uh, to me, it was such a, like, a fearful moment. And I was like, yeah, God, whatever you want, just give me this one last chance, this one last chance. And I, I, like, not even me, like, just you do it. Like, I can't do this by myself. I understand what it's like to do things by myself. I always fail. If I make my own decisions, it always leads to self-destruction. So I want you to lead. I want you to lead. And so I wanted God to make a way. And I prayed for that. I was like, God, just, I, I need you to take this gentle. Can you please be gentle with me? Because I don't know if I can handle this, yeah. this journey at all. And like, this was the saving power of Jesus Christ. Like he does, he came in and he was gentle. The next day I woke up and like, I was triggered. I was tired, but like, God was like, just take it one time at one day at a time. I don't want you to be perfect. I don't need you to be perfect at all. I just need you to take one step, just one step. That's it. One step forward. And, um, there were days that, you know, when you get tempted and God saved my life, not because like how strong I was. Was, it was because of how fearful I became of God. Because like you have to have both fear and love for someone to have true love. You have to fear them like almost in a respect, but almost like if you, you have to be afraid of losing that person that you love. See, back then I, I kind of made a deal with God, just like I did for, with my first miracle. Like, hey, I'll give you my RuneScape account if you give me this thing. I did the same exact deal. I was like, hey, God, you know, will you please like, I, I want the kingdom of heaven. You know, I, I, I like, cause I was already suffering, right? I was already suffering through regret and shame. Like I was already suffering. Might as well suffer for something good, right? Might as well yeah. suffer for the kingdom of heaven. And so <laughs> I was like, God, give me the kingdom of heaven and, I, and I'll give you, I'll give you my three, right? I'll give you these three. If you just give me the kingdom of heaven. And then, and then my fear was I, and so that was the deal that I made God. And so then I had a fear, like you have to have something to fear. And my fear was losing him. My fear was losing heaven. And so having both a pot love and a fear, like those two things, and then sacrificing something to God, he, he will change your life. He will lead you into your promised land. And um, wow. that saved my life because like every single day I got to, God gave me kind of like a mission. Like, hey, make it to 40 days. You know how like in the Bible, like Jesus was sent on a desert trip for 40 days, Moses for 40 days. I was yep. like, okay, for these next 40 days, like I, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to hold on to you. I don't know if I'm going to survive this, but, God, you have to do it. And so for the next 40 days of my life, like I just kind of devoted it to God. Like, cause we were in quarantine, right? We had all the time in the world. So like, I started like getting up in the morning. I just started, you know, 
just going off slowly. Like I put all my computers and my phones outside of my room and I was just like laying there, just kind of like praying to God in those moments. And it was day 39. I'll never forget this moment because (laughs) I was literally, I was so tired because guys, when you're like giving up all this stuff, like you lose sleep. Like that's something that you don't understand. Like, like you won't know until you're like giving up everything. Like, you know, the things that help you fall asleep because, you know, porn and weed and alcohol, they all help you fall asleep. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you get these things up, it's so hard to sleep. And so like, I was restless. Like I was, you know, had no sleep. I was hungry. And like, I was so triggered that day, like day 39, I was so triggered. I was just about to grab my phone and just go relapse. But then like, I just fell asleep on the floor. Like I just laid on the floor and I fell asleep and I woke up and it was Sunday and I checked the day and it was day 40. And for the first time in my oh. life, I got through that. And that was when God spoke to me. Like that was when, like I heard God's voice like clearer ever. Once you get through 40 days of, you know, like giving up your sin, that's when God speaks to you the most. Cause like he knows that you're committed to him. Like he understands like, okay, you know, like you're, you're that's when your purpose begins. That's when your life starts. And it's absolutely insane how like God does that. It, it was nothing that I did. I promise you that. Like, I thought I would die like this. There was no way that I had any strength to get through this, but it was, it was just Jesus. Like that relationship, guys, relationships break addictions. For and, sure. Yeah. And, and we, we as humans, we crave relationship. So yeah, God provides right. that. Wow. Speechless. <laughs> <laughs> you are a, a master of words, <laughs> Naga. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask, obviously I'm sure now temptation still shows up and the enemy still shows up uh mm-hmm. what, what how do you deal with it now you know, like what what's the difference between before and now mm-hmm. in practical sense <laughs> yeah guys that's actually a really good question just because like today was the same way like i felt that i felt that temptation i was just like so sad i was so done and i figured out like it's because of the emptiness that you feel in yourself that you think that if you had somebody else they can fill that emptiness for you right that's Mm. why we run to different people run to different substances because we feel empty inside and that emptiness comes from not loving yourself if you do not love yourself like you're going to go on a path of self-destruction because you don't care about your body you're just going to go you know like eat five chocolate cakes or like not work (laughs) these things right but the more you love yourself the more you're going to care about your future, the more you love yourself, the very creation of God, Hmm. right? You're going to appreciate the creator. That's so huge because if you do not love yourself, you're not, you're not going to be able to love God well. And so it's been like that for me today. Like I just had to remember because I felt this loneliness before, because I felt this emptiness, that's when the enemy attacks the most. When you feel like you lack something, that's when the enemy is like, Oh, I can feel that. I can give you these things, right? Substances. I can give you this to fill it. But God is like, no, no, no. You can produce the light in you. You don't need a separate light bulb. I already gave you a light bulb. You just got to turn on the switch, which is inside of you, right? You just have to love yourself just a little bit more. Remember all the good things that I did. Remember all the great things that you accomplished, right? And just love yourself just a little bit more every single day. That's the biggest thing. When you face temptation, just (laughs) there's a God in that boat with you. There's a God that can shout down a storm. And all you have to do yeah, yeah, and all you have to do is wake up. That's it. So, I don't know the part where you were saying uh, that you heard, like, "This is your last chance," and you mm-hmm. said that scared you. That scared me. <laughs> Just hearing, Just hearing it. it, yeah, I, I, yeah, I felt like I got the chills. I don't know. I mean, I think personally for me, I feel like I heard that a couple times, and I don't know if 
that's how that's supposed to be how <laughs> it works. But yeah, mm -hmm. for for anyone else that might be listening and is struggling with like relapsing and uh, just falling back into that temptation, and maybe is even thinking about doing this forty day fast. Uh, I'm really just talking about myself. <laughs> any any tips around that? Yeah, don't do a 40 day fast. Like that's that's right. tough. That's a Jesus thing. Just do like right. 21 days. I did like a 21 day thing. Like that's okay. true. <laughs> but um, first, you have to kind of understand like what what is the deal that you want to make God? Like what is the deal? What is what do you want most out of life? Mm -hmm. Do you want a relationship? Do you want the love of your life? Do you want money? Do you want power? There's like you know, don't think like, oh, it's sinful to ask for these things. Just be honest. Mm -hmm. right? That is the biggest thing that you have to understand. Be honest with your life. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with what your desires are. Be honest, like your sinful tendencies. Because the more we lie to ourselves, the farther we get away from God. Why? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because God is the truth. God is honesty. God is truth. So the more honest we are with ourselves and what our desires are, the more truthful we are the closer God gets because the truth is in us. Does that make sense? Because you're honest, God is there. That, that's the whole point. Honesty is God. And so yeah. you have to be honest. Like if you're feeling temptation, tell yourself like, I feel like I want this. And, and it's almost like a burden is lifted off of your back. And um, yeah, just I'm, yeah, just be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. and yeah. It's like a small thing, guys. Like, oh, it's like, is that really going to work? Small things make big differences. No Small changes will make big differences. Like that's how the world was built. That's how like life is built, right? Small things. God used five five bread, five loaves of bread, and two fish to feed five thousand. It's the same thing with your life. You use small things. Small steps will make big change. So the biggest thing is being honest with yourself. The next mm -hmm. thing is understanding like what the deal is. Like what is it that you most desire? Because you're gonna fight for the thing that you desire. And the second thing is what are you most afraid of losing? This is so important because fear changes human being behavior. The more you're afraid of you know, the punishment or whatever is going to happen, the more your behavior is going to change. And so if you look at the Israelites, right? Hmm. These people were like stuck in Egypt, right? Think about Egypt like your past, your sin, like your darkness. And now they got free. God freed them through Moses. And now they're walking through the desert. And everything, this is a story that really changed my life because like these Israelites kept asking to go back into the, you know, go back to Egypt mm -hmm. because at least I was comfortable there. At least <laughs> I was fed there. At least I knew where I was going to get my pleasure, right? Because in this journey, you never know when God is going to bless you and when you, he's not, right? And um, I'll give you a hint. It's often when you're facing the most temptation or the most opposition, that's when God's going to bless you the highest. You don't want to be the person that to go back to Egypt. Like that's not for you. You don't want to go back to your temptation because God's got a promised land for you. Because if you went back into Egypt, you'll never see the gift and the blessing that God has for you because you already know what's on the other side of your temptation. You already know what's on the other side, but you don't know what's on the other side of what God's got for you. Well, right. It's that almost like your curiosity has to be sparked for God. It has to be like, cause he has a better present for you. One of my, most like my biggest pet peeve is hearing somebody say, Oh, if you did this, I would have given you this. You guys ever felt that? You know, like if you just <laughs> this one little thing, right? It was a very simple thing. I would have given you, like, you know, your parents would have given you a new car if you just got a 4.0, right? <laughs> right? Like that's my biggest pet peeve. And it's also my biggest fear 
It's like, what if I, you know, did this little thing and then I just missed out on opportunity from God, right? Like just because I did, like, if I just self-controlled, if I just stayed patient just for one more second, maybe I could have gotten a bigger gift, wow. right? Bigger blessing, something that I never expected and something that I could have never won. Like, it's just absolutely insane and it scares the crap out of me. You literally have to be so desperate and scared. <laughs> it, it, is, it is how we can best serve Jesus because in Psalms, David even prays like, God, will you please unite my heart to fear you? Because he understood that when you do not fear God, you're so likely to go into temptation. You have to fear God. And it's like the biggest blessing of my life to fear him. And it saves, it saves lives when you fear God. God is not just a, a loving and, you know, a, a, a teddy bear. He's also a, a thunder maker, right? He will destroy you at any point, which is awesome. <laughs> It's really awesome. Got a God who can do both. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Definitely, I'm speechless now too. It (laughs) it reminds me of I don't know if you've seen the show Legend of Korra when oh I love Legend of Korra dude when when Aang says like it's in our lowest point that we're most like apt to change. Dude, that touched me too. Yep. (laughs) I guess in the same vein, how how would what kind of advice would you give to someone who's also in like the Hindu faith or um, nominally or their families in the Hindu faith, uh, but they're contemplating Jesus. So if, if you're already a Hindu and you're trying to like convert to God, or are you trying to say mm-hmm. like Christian trying to tell your parents, like what, what is a Hindu looking into God? I would say, okay. A Hindu looking into Jesus. I would say go to youth group, go to church <laughs> go and just test it out to see if you like the people that you meet. Mm. Because oftentimes, you know, like every single person who is of God is a, kind of a trophy of them right and so if you if you go talk to these people and you see a light within them like if you really like these kind of people like i don't know like god is going like god is the image of like we're all made in the image of god and so like ultimately like you have to fall in love with the people this is yeah i don't know man i don't know that's actually a very good question. tough question no yeah. but it's okay because it's, it's true like i fell in love with the people before i fell in love with jesus mm. right I fell in love with how kind everyone was. I fell in love with the music before I fell in love with God. And yeah. it's, that's the duty of every Christian, just to embody God, embody the love of God in us and spread that out so that when people see that light, we can they can be like, what is that? This right. person is right? And they'll be attracted to you. And then ultimately they'll see that the light within you is from the grace of heaven, right? It's from God. And so they'll want to become like God. They'll want to see and kind of be connected with Jesus in that sense. I I do have a question going off of that though. Um, Like I think from people around me who don't believe in Christianity, uh, when I ask them why that is, a lot of the time the example is because I see Christians who are hypocrites um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, Christians who say one thing and do another thing. How have you heard that yourself? Have you felt that yourself? You know, how do you answer that? Yeah, no, I, I actually get really mad at Christians because they do give a lot of bad rep because when they, you know, like when you see Twitter and things like social media really blows up things, mm-hmm. especially uh, hate, uh, social media is designed for hate. And so like when Christians like hate on like, you know, uh, different communities, right? It does not spread the love of God. It does not spread the love of Jesus. It's so contradictory. It's hypocritical. And God even said the same exact thing. Like there are going to be people who come in my name. And when they get to the gates of heaven, like 
I'll straight up look at them and be like, you know, you're not a part of me. Right. Mm -hmm. Remember, like uh, they said, like, you're yeah, they're going to come up to heaven. And basically, they're going to say, like, I came in your name. And Jesus is going to be like, no, you know, you didn't even do the father's will, which is to love people and love God. Like, that's the biggest commandment to love people and love God. And so, yes, there are going to be hypocrites like that. And that's why, like, we have to be, like, love does not win in social media for some reason. <laughs> it doesn't. It's more hate. It's more like negative news, right? Whatever negative news is there, rather than the good news of the gospel, right? And I've noticed that, too. When you post controversial things, most people are going to start commenting on it. And so then that algorithm picks it up and just goes crazy. And, like, I, I know, like, as a Hindu or as, as someone, like, who wants, who sees like negative Christians or hateful Christians. Like I wish they would meet, I don't know, meet you guys, meet me, like meet people <laughs> like, who are actually embodying love and like the, like leading in Christ, right. Through Christ. Like that's the type of love that we need to spread across the world. Not hateful. Oh, like you're not a perfect Christian, right. That's the religion, the religious side of Christianity. That's like the Pharisees, right. Oh, you're not wearing the right clothes to church. <laughs> God's not with, you know like guess you're a sinner like oh my gosh it's crazy man there's this one story in the friend and sinners pretty much like where there's kind of guy goes into somalia like this african country and he creates a church and um the people in africa they don't have that many clothes right and so when like the church leaders from the states come to africa being like oh my gosh you did such a good job building this church and then they see the first service and half of these people are like, you know, butt naked, right? They just don't have clothes, right? But they still worship and love God. They look, turn to the pastor and they were like, why aren't these people wearing clothes, right? And the pastor says, I don't want to reduce Jesus to a pair of clothes. Oh. Like God is not just like the type of clothes that you wear. God is more than that. You know, he loves you as you are. <laughs> he finds you in, you know, your weakness and he still picks you up and takes you to an end takes care of you right he doesn't care you're not you don't have to be perfect that's the message of jesus it's not about the clothes it's about love yeah. well all right so uh last question when are you going to be a pastor <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know ultimately i would love to preach at my uh church that i'm at right now rose church but like I have no idea what to plan. Like right now I'm just preaching on, you know, TikToks and these things like that. Like mm -hmm. I would love to in the next two to three years, like get on stages, you guys, like, and just start like spreading the word. Cause I, I God gives me some messages sometimes. And I'm like, I wish I had a bigger audience, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it makes me feel alive to be on stage. So like, I don't know. I think in the next two to three years, I'll definitely shoot to, Try to become a youth pastor or like something, even if it's just social media pastor. Like that's dope, man. Mm -hmm. That'd be a dream come true. Spring. That's like an honor of a life. It's the yeah. honor of my life. That's awesome. I, I will yeah. say I've, I've noticed on on TikTok, like the, the Christian community is, is kind of popping. Like there's a lot of encouraging content on it. Mm -hmm. And I've going off of that, I, I know you've started recently a testimony TikTok. Yeah, the testimony TikTok. The reason why I kind of started that it was just for like, just like you guys started this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Just to share testimonies and bring God closer to people. It's the same exact thing. Just to showcase, like, I really felt God telling me like, Hey, do this because like, it's about showcasing the glory of God, right? It's not showcasing how perfect we are or how beautiful we are, right? It's just showcasing how <laughs> perfect and awesome and how God strengthens us in our weakness. Yeah. And so, yeah, 
I felt like that was the move. And so ultimately, like, I would love to see more Christians post testimonies because that's what God wants us to do for everyone. Right. Well, that's awesome. Maga, this has been an experience, an amazing experience just talking to you. Uh, <laughs> there's so many times I just had nothing to say. It was just listening. Um, yeah. I think a lot of your story feels very relatable uh, with me and I'm sure a lot with the listeners as well, um, especially people who are struggling with converting from a different faith to something that uh, is resonating with them, but could bring a lot of backlash and just, just fear all around. Um, But, you know, hearing your story and how you're navigating all of this and just your level of faith and like your knowledge of the word and everything is so inspiring and so encouraging Um, for someone like me who grew up in the church. uh, It still just blows my mind when someone has the bravery to Mm -hmm. step away from what they know and uh, go after God. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I I have to say, I, I don't have the privilege of doing that because I grew up in the church, but it's still, it's amazing. Um, yeah yeah I, same thing like I, I think hearing you talk about things like even fasting uh, which I feel like people don't talk about about mm-hmm. that much uh, or even like sometimes God speaking to you through social media uh, like what you saw on Instagram that one day um, just how those moments can just bring us to God the most um, those like things you've never even considered like a last chance that God has given you and stuff um especially with your struggles, even with pornography and stuff, I think it's just really relatable to, to so many people. And I don't know, you spoke a lot of power today. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, Naga, do you have any last thoughts? Um, ultimately, thank you guys so much for being on here and I mean, having me on here. And uh, ultimately, they, like, it's all about relationship. That's, mm-hmm. if you know how to have a relationship, in life, you you can have a strong relationship with God. Like God's going to be really close. And mm-hmm. if there's anything in anything to get closer as a Christian, just have a relationship. Spend some time with Him, and He will lead you to the promised land. Wow, mm-hmm. there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again for joining Naga. Um, we're so grateful for everything you've shared with us, and we hope that everyone's encouraged just to share their story like you just did. Uh, for anyone who wants to find Naga on social media, his TikTok is at N-A-G-A-D-E-S-H, and his Instagram is at N-A-G-A dot D-E-S-H. That's it for today's episode. Thank you to Naga for being our special guest. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and his incredible testimony. We want to hear more from you as well. So don't forget to get connected with us on Spotify and Instagram under design.philly. So this is the end of season one, but we will be back for more in the summer. So see you next time at The Well. If Peter walked on water, think I'll be fine. Never got a stress cause he's my lifeline Can't hide the light he gave me so I still shine He asked me if I love him as the third time If Peter walked on water think I'll be fine Never got a stress cause he's my lifeline Can't hide the light he gave me so I still